This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for downloading. Coming up, we're all praying for Jeff Horn. Just for one minute, everybody just calm down. As, you, as you're listening to the show now, just have a moment of silence for Jeff Horn, right? <laughs> because this kid, he had his big payday. It was all waiting for him. He he's, he's spent it all. He spent it on the world. So he's going on his holidays. He's retired as the lad. And Manny out, Manny Pacquiao has shat on him. Absolutely from a great height. Jeff, we feel your pain, brother. You're more than welcome to come and do a few shifts on the podcast if you want, mate, if you need to make a few quid up. And we've got to admit it, Amir Khan pulled our pants down. We slagged them last week. Let, come on, I've got to hold my hands up. We've slagged the bloody living... Let, Amir, I know you listen. You listen to the show. You're a big fan. Yeah. I mean, you've been on this show. We've slagged you to kingdom come, my friend, for not taking the Kelbrook fight. Of course, you had the you had the ace of spades in your fucking back pocket, didn't you? You knew what was going on, and you've absolutely made us look like dicks. Fair play, man. We did say last week, we panned them, didn't we? Fucking Kafai Kel, you shit house. <laughs> and then we went, the only, way, the only way he redeems himself now is by fighting Pacquiao. The only, it's the only way. The show, it's the only way. And he's obviously thought, the lads have, the lads have got a point there, yeah. <laughs> and with the news coming out of America that Garcia Thurman will be on free-to-air TV, I, of course, have another go at pay-per-view. They're, the UFC seems to be coming from an angle of, it's the fans first. We need to entertain these people. Yep. This is what it is. Whereas it seems in the world of boxing, it's the fat cats, it's the TVs, it's the promoters. Well, we're first. We need to make our money first, and this is how we're going to do it. Sap, sap, the fans will come. Well, the fans won't always come if you keep mugging them off. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Welcome to episode 79 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Um, if you subscribe already, thank you so much for doing so. We are available on iTunes. Get yourself there, click the button, and you'll never miss out on any of our weekly content. We're also available on all social medias, as I'm sure you are fully aware from uh, the numbers that we have received over the last week or so uh, through our Facebook. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fight Disciples. On that, thank you so much for coming to join us last Wednesday night on Facebook Live. It was a little bit of a new thing for us. We were trying some new things out. We're trying quite a lot of things out, obviously, with what we're doing here at Fight Disciples. And now our Facebook Live chat with uh, Tony Bellew was well received. That is the Tony Bellew that we know. Mm-hmm. So for us to be able to do that, I kind of got a kick out of it because, obviously, he said in the sh- in, in the chat, didn't he, that he plays a character. He plays up for the fight he plays the bomber character. Mm-hmm. That's the geezer that just sits down here and has a little bit of a chat with us. And it was brilliant to be able to do that and then show that off to an audience. And he was well received. Yeah. And uh, it, you know what? We could have just kept the mic on him all day. You know, when, when he left the actual studio, when we were getting in the lift and he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, what are you going to do then, Tom? You know, if you if you do end it this year, what are you going to do? And he was like, I'm going to chase me other dream. And yeah. it was like, what other dream? I'm going to manage, play a manager of a Sunday league football team. And he was genuine. <laughs> he was being absolutely genuine. Now, I've known Tony, obviously, a number of years, and he's from a similar area to me. So I know uh, he loves football, like, worships it. Not just Everton FC. He loves playing no, he loves five it. He loves watching his kids play football uh, and all sorts, doesn't he? He, he, has a, he plays five-a-side. When he's not in camp now, he mm. plays five-a-side with all his mates one day a week. They've asked me to play a couple of times, but it's been beneath me. But anyway, you've played get lost. A few there's, times. there's professional I'm, players that play in that. That's right. That, Neil Dance. Gra- Dan he'll, yeah, yeah. he'll be getting done off his football team. <laughs> no, don't be yeah. rassing him up. He's not insured. It's, uh, they, they play one day a week when they're all able to play together, which is for Tony, obviously, he's got so many big opportunities at the moment. It's few and far between. 
but he loves it. That's his passion, playing footy with his mates. And he's always said, I want to do... F-. He's always said, I want to manage, play and manage a Sunday league football team with all my mates and just go to the pub after the game and have a beer and just be normal and great. And, he, and you know what? He's, he means it as well. This, yeah, yeah. Time, this time next year, yeah, he, be, he will be my player manager of a Sunday league team. <laughs> Put himself up front, guarantee it. <laughs> Picking himself. Uh, no circumstances will he ever be dropped, even if he goes on a bit of a street where he hasn't banked a few. <laughs> Do you know something? He's actually quite handy, isn't he? Yeah, he can play. Yeah, Big lad up front, decent yeah. in the sky. He's actually no, quite decent. I've seen him play, Tony. He used to play. He used to when he was an amateur boxer. He used to still play Sunday league then, and he must have only been a teenager. But he played in the, you know, he played in a men's mm. a men's league, and uh, obviously he could handle himself. But he wasn't a bad little goal scorer, you know. He's a good little player. Mm. Thank you so much for watching that. And obviously the demand was, the, the original plan was for just to leave it on Facebook, but so many people wanted it on audio, so we stuck it on the uh, on the podcast feed. So if you haven't heard um, our hour and 20-odd minutes, well, he, he won't go on, would he? He won't go on. He was great. He was <laughs> an, great. An hour and 20 minutes with Tony with, Bellew. No, no, it wasn't with Tony Bellew. It was with Anthony Bellew. Anthony. And there's a massive difference. Because, yes, you know, by now, you'll all, you'll be swamped with the media stuff. We've seen him and hey, come, to, you know, all the press conference shenanigans, that's Bomber. That's Tony Bomber Bellew. If you haven't listened to it, listen to the show because that's Anthony Bellew and it's massively different. There you go. It's available for you on the podcast feed. And you can and the video's still there on our Facebook page at Fight Disciples. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. Um, we will be talking, obviously, about um, Tony against David Hay a little later on in the show. We're also going to be doing a special show for our Radio City Talk radio show this week, which you can get via the subscription. Um, because myself and Nick sat down with Adam Smith, uh, Sky Sports head of boxing. He came in, sat down, and we previewed the show. So a more in-depth look at this weekend's card at the O2 Arena will be on that. So two shows, in effect, for you. Two Mm -hmm. big boxing shows for you this week. Um, On this one, we're going to start by reviewing the windmill. Love the windmill. (laughs) The technique of the heavyweight boxer that is Deontay Wilder. He's taking you out no matter what, man. He's going to catch you. Fuck the technique. Chuck it out the window, man. I'm coming. (laughs) I haven't seen technique like that since I was uh, behind the back of the bike sheds age 15. That's me, mate. Cock of the school was taking on some kid out of it, some unwilling, uh, unwilling opponents from science class or something. Yeah, it's, it's a the good, windmill, mate. It's a good job that Deontay Wilder has got a boatload of power, right? Because his foot movement shit, he, he doesn't move his head. His technique, as we saw, is not that great. No, but if he clips you, he puts you to sleep. Thank God he does, because there's no way that he'd be the heavyweight champion of the world if he didn't. <laughs> he's awful, but yeah. fair play to the man. He's still got his WBC belt, and I don't know if you've seen this. Steven's got his bloody wish, hasn't he? Yeah. He's now the mandatory challenger for that belt. How the man? Is, how the fuck is he about like that? It's unbelievable. That's heavyweight boxing for you. The whole thing is just absolutely bonkers at the moment, bonkers. But you know, from all signs, point the fact that Wilder is going to fight the winner of Huey Fury against Joseph Parker. Let's just hope that happens because the Parker Vern- was there at the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, he was ringside. Yeah, but that fight's been confirmed now, hasn't it? For sixth of May, I think it is. I think it's been pushed back a week. It was supposed to be April Fool's Day. Uh, I think I think it's been pushed back now. Oh, it must be sixth of April. Sorry, um, it's been confirmed for New Zealand. I yeah. think so. Um, no doubt the winner of that has got this opportunity against... I think that's the way it'll go. I think Stavane may well be mandatory, but he ain't going to get that fight anytime soon. Mm. What did you make of the fight itself? Gerald Washington, I thought we were all right. Yeah, I thought but, he looked in control. Uh, I felt quite happy about the fact that on last week's show, when we when we zeroed in, and we, we previously we'd, we'd announced Gerald Washington had come in as a replacement opponent, on last week's show we made it clear that we thought that was a better opponent anyway, unbeaten, and, and I thought he looked tidy. I thought... There was at times I thought he's, he looks a far better boxer, far more mm. accomplished. 
he had pretty fast hands for a big guy as well. He, you could see why he's unbeaten. You know, he, he certainly uh, certainly looked like a legit contender. Uh, problem is, of course, and you're right, is I don't know whether Wilder's success is based on the fact that he is so unorthodox, and I don't mean that necessarily in a good way that he fights unorthodox. I mean, is is style is so rudimentary at times yeah you and can't so, like you can't predict angles with him because exactly. he doesn't throw traditional punches it's like in a you know if you're in a if you're in a boxing gym watching people spar pros will very rarely want to spar with absolute raw amateurs because absolute raw amateurs do stupid things that yeah, you yeah. can't you can't kind of predict uh, because they've got no real technique and no experience so a re- you'll never see a pro necessarily fighting with a, a raw amateur because Anything could happen. He could throw anything at any time. And that's a bit like what Wilder's like. Mm. You know, he, he's so unorthodox. He's, he slaps, you know, that windmill. Th- you know, it was just it was just weird at times. Watching him fight, you think, Imagine if he, he did have technique. Next? Imagine if he had technique with that power. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a bit like... But then that would also take away from how bizarre he fights, you know. That is... Yeah. He, he, would, be, he would become predictable then. I think the fact that he's so unpredictable makes him more dangerous. I think once Washington got in... Washington, for me, was in the fight, well in the fight. Yeah, yeah. I thought he looked, I, he was he looked like the, a better boxer. He was boxer. winning the fight. For me, he was. But then as soon as he got tagged, you can see it was over. there's so much power there, it's unreal. Mm. And he's not even... With Wilder, he's just got such long arms, such long pistons. It's just crazy. Crazy amount of power he must have. But you've got to think, if someone got in there with him that was a, you know, a really accomplished boxer, they would be able to handle him. They'd be able to push him back. I backwards. was thinking about this during the fight, you know. Like, obviously, AJ and Klitschko. Klitschko's a technician, yeah? And you would imagine that Klitschko against Wilder, he would be able to keep him at the end of his jab. Klitschko, this is. Yeah. Whereas Anthony Joshua, yeah, okay, there's a technique there. and But he's a little bit more raw. He, he may rush in a little bit more because he wants to entertain the fans and he wants to blast somebody out of there. Yeah. AJ versus Wilder could be... Unbelievable! It could be a crazy gun show. Yeah, yeah. it could be unbelievable that fight. Yeah. But for example, if it was, let's say, Lennox Lewis was still fighting, yeah, you would anticipate Lewis had just boxed take, the head off him all day school, long. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I mean. A, a very high level, accomplished boxer that you can get behind a jab, like the way Critical used to do. Lennox is a perfect example. Would take Wilder into deep waters and then put him to sleep. But again, you're right. Wilder versus AJ, man, that's crazy. That is a crazy, crazy fight. And you know if. If they keep going the way they're going, um, it's going to happen. It's mm. going to happen. If if not the end of this year, early 2018, more than likely Las Vegas, it could be the craziest heavyweight gun show we've seen of this era. Speaking of gun shows, did you watch any of that Dominic Brazil fight? I did, yeah. That was proper entertaining, man. Yeah. Because the geezer that turned up against AJ, I was thinking, no, nah, it's going to be a bag of shit, this, but I'll have a look at it. Yeah. It was mint. It I, was a I, mint, mint fight. I thought exactly the same thing, yeah. I watched it and was when I seen him come out and I thought, oh, look at the kip of him, you know, he's got man boobs, <laughs> for they say. But I tell you what, he put the kid away. Mm. Put him away in style. Got, got up as well, man, because he was in trouble himself. Yeah. It's just a shame that Dominic Brazil didn't turn up against AJ because the guy who fought AJ just wasn't the same guy. Wasn't the same. He, he was terrified when he got in with Anthony Joshua. Absolutely mm. terrified. Now, that either speaks volumes about Anthony Joshua or it says Brazil completely choked at his world title opportunity. But after a performance like that, you know, if, if he hadn't just have performed the way he did against AJ after a performance like that, people would be going, get him in with, get him in with Wilder. He's a legit 
title contender. He doesn't look it, but he's a legit world title contender. The only thing going against him is the fact that he just didn't turn up at all against Anthony Joshua. You might get in with Wilder, mate. Did you not hear what happened in the hotel lobby afterwards? I'd see, well, I'd seen that um, uh, Brazil's team, he put something out, didn't he, saying, yeah. firstly, you know, I've, I'm safe, I've come out of it, blah, blah, and, you know, through the next fight, great. Secondly, there will be ramifications after we got jumped in the lobby Yeah, yeah. by... Uh, team Wilder about yeah. 10 of them in front of his kids he said in mm. front of my kids and I was thinking please don't let that be true because that's horrific yeah, if, yeah. if that's the truth I'm sure the US there'll be an investigation now obviously by the governing body and uh, the chat is that it's Wilder's brother right so it wasn't actually Wilder not that I know of but Wilder was around and listen if your brother's in a fight you get involved don't you you know what I mean in some way shape or form of course it'd be interesting to see what the ramifications are coming out of that then because you know, jumping anybody's bad enough, but listen, only a coward fights a man in front of the man's children. You know mm. what I mean? That's just that that it doesn't get any lower than that, in my opinion. You know, so uh be interesting to see what happens there. We touched upon this um last week as well regarding uh, the super welterweight situation with Charlo moving up uh, to middleweight. He vacated his IBF belt. We've now got a new champion, Jarrett Hurt. Uh stops Tony Harrison. Expected for me. I don't know where you were at with me. Jared yeah. looks looks the business, to be fair. And I didn't really know too much about Tony Harrison. I, I anticipated that the IBF champion would be Jared Hurd. Yeah, I think uh, you know it was clear from the start that Harrison's a very much a club level fighter for me. He just got in there and was swinging for the fences and loading up, and he looked tough. Uh, and he took some big shots, but uh, you know it, it's about levels this game, as we know. Hurd proved himself to be world class, as we thought going into that fight. Um, he was just far better boxer and he did a bit of a number on him in the end which was great but it's an exciting weight class isn't it you know there's so many opportunities in and around that weight class now it's like it's like every week we talk about different weight class and you're like oh you're rubbing your hands together with glee about the options that are out there for him but he had to put himself right in the frame now to get himself a a unification fight speaking of which have you seen the tv promo for uh liam smith liam Liam, the liam's Looks wicked, man. The Battle of the Leaves. BT yeah. have arrived. Nice job, Somebody guys. spent some fucking budget, and they? Know. Nice job, like that. that Looks is, really good. It, it, it's funny. I was watching it thinking, wow, this is this is what Box Nation would be like if they had any money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it's such a shame that Box Nation haven't got BT Yeah, but they've got that platform money. now. It well, technically have, is now. That is, that is it now, yeah, you're right. But uh, I loved it. I was just like, this is... I'll tell, awesome. tell you something, Beefy and uh, the Welsh kid, they can do a bit of acting as well. The play yeah. to camera was quite smart, man. They might be getting a role from well, get, Sylvester Stallone will be on Beefy's, the dog. Uh, Beefy's along a tooth of that now, isn't he? After the Canelo stuff, like, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. for the Canelo fight, you know, the, the, the promos he did for that must have been insane. But I watched it and was just like, now that's a promo. Yeah, that's good. how you do it. Like that's how you do a boxing promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it got me super excited. We, we, we were excited about that fight anyway. But. Um, I just think that fight could be fight of the year. You know, the closer it gets, I'm thinking it's fight of the year. This don't get carried away. We're going to talk about potential fight of the year with Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman coming up in a minute. All right, don't, yeah. don't put all the eggs into the same basket. <laughs> uh, but that's April eighth. Dead excited about it. Looks the nuts. BT, if you're listening, looks the <sighs> nuts, job. man. Yep. Looks the nuts. Really good. Um, let's turn our attention towards Sky at the weekend because we hoped that he'd be able to do it. We said that it might be a stretch too far. We knew how good Ray Vargas was. Bellew in our chat last week was talking about. Um, Who's this freak six foot bantamweight? They just don't make him like that anymore, and it and it just went to prove he was absolutely huge, Ray Vargas, and he was just classy, man, classy operator, and all right. Gavin McDonald's got the heart of a bloody lion, yeah. and without any shadow of a doubt, he took the last four rounds for me. He came on, he came on strong because he's got that energizer bunny, yeah. um, energy. Yeah. 
but Vargas just picked him off for fun early doors. I thought Vargas was outstanding, yeah. And we feared as much last week, let's be honest. On last week's show when we were previewing we were previewing it, you know, we, we, we paid a lot of respect to Ray Vargas and we knew it was gonna be well we were talking about it being a fifty fifty fight, but in truth going in it was probably more of a sixty forty fight. And unfortunately that's the way it played out. You know, Vargas does He beat me fair and square. He beat me fair well, and square. It. There's a reason then. why the, the Mexicans are getting excited about Vargas, you know, there's a reason why the kid comes with a reputation. And uh, unfortunately, you know, when you're fighting for a vacant WBC belt, you, you're fighting one of the best guys in the world. This isn't a hand-picked opponent. Yeah. You you guys are number one and number two worthy of fighting for that belt. And uh, it was a step up for Vargas, but it was a step up that he made a lot more, a lot easier than uh, than McDonald. And we feared it was going to be that way because, as I say, there ain't many six-footers out there weighing in a, a super bantamweight. You know, there's not, there's not a lot of guys of that stature making that weight. But the difference is he's not... You know, where Tony was saying last week, uh, you know, he can outwork him down a stretch. And I'm like, you, I think he, he I think McDonald did outwork him. But early on, he was just so powerful. And I think he got McDonald's attention right from the off because mm. he was so big. You know, he looks like, a, you know, a lanky streak of piss, that kid. But he's them long levers again, you know, kind of like wild. He carries so much power. And it's all about technique. It's all about timing. And I think he's hit, hit McDonald early on. And I think that's what really put him in the ascension. And he was boxing so strong off the front foot. I was really impressed with Vargas. Don't get me wrong. Like everyone, you know, come the end, I was like, wow, you Gav, take your hat off to him. And that's what that's the chat. That's what you want to put in. If you're a coach, that's what you you want your guy to do in a world yeah. title fight. Throw everything at it. Literally left every ounce of strength he had in his body. He just on that night came up against a better guy in Vargas. Now, I would love to see McDonald go to the body a lot more early on. I would love to try and slow slow Vargas down early on. But Vargas just looked so strong in them early opening rounds. That was the problem. Who the fuck scored that a draw? Wow. <laughs> It was, Mate, uh, come on! When the shouting split decision, I'm thinking, "Are you for real?" Yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, it was weighted, and I'm not talking like fun, weighted man. one or two rounds. I was, I had it four, maybe five rounds yeah. to to Vargas to call yeah. that a draw. Sorry, mate, you need a yellow card and a bit of a ban. You you shouldn't be judging fights. Yeah, he's a good official as well. You know, it's crazy that um, that he's come to that assessment. You know, but you've you've really got to take him to one side. British Boxing Board of Control got to take him to one side and just say, "Listen, come on." You're going to have to come in the offices. We're going to watch a replay. And you, you're going to have explain to explain yourself. how you've scored that fight a draw. You know, behind closed doors, we won't make it public, but you've got to come in and sit with us and explain yeah. why you've scored it a draw because we're getting a reputation, Adam. You know, fighters in America are starting to say, don't go there, don't go to the UK. Mm. But, you know, we used to poke, for the last decade, we've poked fun as fight fans and as, as uh, you know, this the industry over here. We've always said, you've got to go to Germany, you need a knockout for a draw in Germany. Well, I'll tell you what, with with stuff like that, the UK's starting to get a reputation like that. Mm. You know, to start In America, there is chatter saying, don't go to the UK, you need to, you need a knockout for a draw. The judging's terrible over there, the judging's awful. And scoring that a draw <sighs> certainly doesn't help mm. at all. Frightening. R- frightening stuff, to be honest. You've got to, you know... Especially what's when going it was on? so wide. Yeah, what's, what is going on? Like when, how? when two other guys see it so wide yeah. and then you have a, a draw, Yeah, it's you, f- you've got to be watching the same fight, man. All right, you've seen it from a different angle, but come on. Yeah, exactly. You know, to, to have it, sometimes if it's a couple of rounds either way, or if it's a super close fight, yeah. you know, you think, well, pfft, sound. I, I hats off. There was a dozen rounds there. that Every round was close, but it wasn't like that. You know, Vargas basically dominated the first 
two thirds, three quarters of the fight, and yeah. McDonald come on strong down the stretch. Yeah. But down the stretch, he needed a knockout. It's uh, it's worrying, and hopefully, it's something the border control get onto right away because we need to be careful with this reputation because as exciting as British boxing is right now, and you know, heavyweight box- boxing especially, this country is the centre of the heavyweight boxing universe. You could argue heavy boxing in general, apart from a couple of marquee pay-per-view stars, this is where it's at. We've never been in a stronger mm. position than what we are now, but we're running the risk of tarnishing our reputation and being unable to bring fighters here because people will just flatly refuse if they think the judging's corrupt. Speaking of knockouts, Luke Campbell looks mint again, man. He did a job, yeah. obviously, on our mate Derry Matthews. Very uh, efficient in that fight, targeting the body. Yeah. Didn't need the body this time, man. Beautiful. He's, Inside, uh, uppercut, bang. Uh, it was Good a night. Sensational shot. Absolutely sensational shot. And they said it on the commentary as well. To be able to do that, to take that step backwards, leave yourself open by exposing yourself by throwing that uppercut the way he did is uh, it takes pure class pure class now, we Simon. know Luke Campbell is a class act we know from his amateur days that the kid is mustard boxer we know he's had that scared as a heavyweight where he's lost the fight but he came back against Derry and looked so ruthless he was you know this was another tough fight against the tough tough operator to get rid of him in the fashion he did Yes, Luke Campbell has certainly arrived. His, his relationship with his coach, fighting, training over in Miami, it's clicking for him. You know, this kid has got future world champion written all over him. How far, man? It can't but, be that far. Well, you, you t- the problem is, you tell me how he wins a lightweight world title. Who does he beat? Who can he beat? <sighs> Think of the lightweight champions. Well, hopefully, Mikey Garcia will step up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? Easter's no joke. Garcia's absolutely no joke. You know, it's uh, Barroso is absolutely no joke. Linares, Terry Flanagan, you know, that fight's never going to happen because he's he's with a, a different platform, pl- a different platform. But even that's no joke. It's tough. It you know it, you've got to think like look at Luke physically. Inevitably, Luke will move up. Yeah, he will to. move up to the weight class because he's such a big lad. But right here, right now, there's not a there's not a lightweight world champion that I would happily put him in against. There's no weak world champion at lightweight. You could argue lightweight could be the strongest division in all of boxing. There's just so many killers in there. Interesting, man. That's it. It's it's tough to see what they do with him next. I would like to see him go in with a former world champion next, and you know, someone that was a world champion within the last two or three years, test them there, and then see whether it's time to move up in weight or stick around and, and see how the you know the the lay of the land come the end of the year. Good to see Boom Boom back as well, man. Coming over a broken eye socket in that first round. Yeah. He's just never in a bad fight, is he? No, he loves it. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, never in a bad Tex fight. Tex wants to throw him. Yeah, exactly. And that's why that's why he's such a big... He's got such a big following there. Mm. Because he's never in a bad fight, the kid. Fair play to him. Um, I don't know if you caught Lucci and Butte getting knocked out on Friday night. Did you see that? I did. I seen the clip of it, yeah. Beautiful. I seen the clip. Alvarez, beautiful. Within five rounds, Lucci and Butte, absolutely out on his backside. Sensational. Bit of a shock, I'll be honest with you, but sensational knockout. You definitely need to go and see it. I put it on our Twitter feed. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. But you'd imagine... That's the end of Butte. Now, you'd imagine that that yeah. would be it, wouldn't you? Yeah. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Before we get into previewing this amazing weekend of action, it's, it's a busy week for us. I mean, feel for us a little bit because we're grafting, yeah? March the 4th, whoever fucking came up with a schedule for March the 4th, why don't you spread it out a little bit, yeah? We've got, obviously, all the stuff that's going on at the O2 Arena. Then we've got all the um, Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman stuff. And if you follow us on UFC podcast as well, we've got blooming UFC 209 this weekend. We've got so much to do this week, man. We're sweating. Yeah. Our wives won't see us this week. That's an excuse for us, anyway, yeah. just, to, <laughs> yeah. just to get that in there. Um, and as well as that, 
Amir Khan and Manny Pacquiao are making a fight, my man. They're getting it on. They're, they're going toe-to-toe. All this has all come. You've got, can we just, just what, for one minute, everybody just calm down. As, you, as you're listening to the show now, just have a moment of silence for Jeff Horn, right? <laughs> because this kid, he had his big payday. It was all weighed in for him. He he's, he's spent it all. He spent it on the world. So he's going on his holidays. He's retired as the lad. And Manny, out, Manny Pacquiao has shot on him. Absolutely from a great height. Jeff, we feel your pain, brother. You're more than welcome to come and do a few shifts on the podcast if you want, mate, if you need to make a few quid up, all that type of stuff. Poor Jeff. But Manny's put a tweet out. The fans have answered. There's a lot of money in the Middle East. Him and Amir are getting it on like Donkey Kong. To be fair, it's a good fight. It's a great fight. You know, all, all due respect to Jeff, it's, it's, the, it's the best fight out there. It's got the biggest narrative behind it. It makes sense. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot less risky for Manny than a Terence Crawford fight, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's got it's got what every good fight needs, and that's a real narrative behind it. What about Amir Khan? What about so. Amir Khan, man? I tell you something. He's been we've, we slagged him last week. Let, come on, I've got to hold my hands up. We've slagged the bloody living. Let, Amir, I know you listen. You listen to the show. You're a big fan. Yeah, I mean you've been on this show. We've slagged you till kingdom come, my friend, for not taking the Kelbrook fight. Of course, you had the you had the ace of yes. spades in your fucking back pocket, didn't you? You knew what was going on, and you've absolutely made us look like dicks. Fair play, man. We did say last week, we panned them, didn't we? Fucking fight Kelly, you shit ass. <laughs> and then we went, the only, way, the only way he redeems himself now is by fighting Pacquiao. The only, listen, it's the only way. The show, it's the only way. And he's obviously thought, the lads have, the lads have got a point there, yeah. <laughs> I better bring Manny's agent yeah, and make Fuck this happen. You know. but, He's uh, always out, man. It's, uh, it's a cracking fight, you know. I, I really fancy this fight. I, I, I give a, I give Ami a, a good chance, certainly a better chance than I gave him fighting against uh, Canelo. Mm. That's for sure, because Manny, Manny Pacquiao's uh, an old man now, or an older man anyway. Last time out, though, he did look rapid, though, Manny. He looked great, yeah. He looked, uh, you know, he looked like there was life in the old dog yet, so... That's why this is going to be so good because it's just like speed kills, but whose speed's gonna is gonna kill first, you know? Uh, obviously, Ami has got a suspect chin, but then Ami, you could argue, has got faster hands than Manny, even though Manny's like a blade anyway. So, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great fight. It wouldn't you, surprise me if it went pay per view. It's on a Sunday. This. Oh right, it's okay. on a Sunday. It's wow. in the Middle East on a Sunday. It just what's the time difference? I don't know what the time difference is out there. About seven hours, is it? Something like that. Seven or eight hours. But it, I think it'd be quite hard. To make it as a pay per view five fight. hours maybe it's because less. it's because of the time that it would be on. I think yeah. it'd be quite difficult for a British audience to make that a pay per view fight. Interesting, especially Interesting the week after being AJ and uh, Klitschko. Uh, what is it? Uh, is it the week before? So this is twenty third of April. Yeah, they're five hours ahead of us. Is that what they? Are? I don't know. They're ahead. Middle East. I, I don't know. I'm what guessing the, it's what about five is. hours ahead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, is it Sunday? Yeah. It, the, no, it's scheduled for Sunday because of is it, they've got holidays out there. They have a Fridays, there's Sunday or something like that. It's a, it's a weird setup. Not that it's a weird setup if you're listening in the Middle East. It's just different to us here in the I UK. I know, but if it's what I mean is if they're a few hours ahead of us, then they're going to be like 10, 12 hours ahead of the US. And yeah. they're going to do it like Sunday afternoon. So it's like Saturday night in the US. This is obviously a podcast, and I'm holding my hands up and shrugging my shoulders to Nick. <laughs> Nobody listens to the show. No, it's be interesting to see what the solution is there. Obviously, they haven't confirmed the Middle East yet, but we're led to believe it is definitely going to be the Middle East. Mm. Uh, but listen, you know, to make real money, that, that US pay-per-view market needs... needs it is, listen, don't get me wrong. What, for, it is know? a pay-per-view fight, right? Yeah. I've written a, a blog on our website, going to have a bit of nosy about pay-per-view. We need to be a little bit careful about maybe... Um, biting the hands that feed us here in the UK because everything seems to be turning into a pay-per-view fight. We know what happened to the American audience 
uh, when they were charged far too much for pay-per-view fights. They uh, upped uh, sticks and left and, uh, and vacated towards the UFC. So therefore, they're kind of trying to regurgitate their audience this weekend, which we're going to talk about in a minute with some free-to-wear boxing on CBS. We need to be a little bit careful with it. If every week's a pay-per-view event, are the fans going to be there? True. It's, uh, it, it's, it's worrying, but then... British boxing, especially. We're talking about this market, of course, mm. has never been in a stronger position. So, you know, the, the, the fights are there, the abilities there, the talents there. Um, obviously, we're not fans of it. We don't want to be paying for boxing all the time. But if you think about where we were 10 years ago when there was no pay per view whatsoever uh, and Sky went all over the place and, you know, British boxing was really in a, in a bad place, if you like, to where we are now. You know, we can't complain. As fight fans, we can't complain. Because we're in a better position than we've ever been in. We're seeing more fights than ever before. Uh, it's just costing us money, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just having a little look there. Abu Dhabi is four hours ahead of us. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas is obviously eight hours behind. So it's 12 hours difference. So if they were to do a lunchtime ring walk in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, that would be like a midnight starter, wouldn't it? Yeah. In, in the US for the yeah, 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 yeah. so I don't know it'll be interesting to see how they work that out you know because otherwise it's going to be a a 9pm start in the U, in the in the Middle East uh, would obviously be a 9am ring walk in the US and I don't know whether a pay-per-view market works well it doesn't does it at Sunday morning at Cheerios you've got to have a few beers haven't you you know what I mean yeah. to, get, to really capitalise on that pay-per-view so it'll be market. interesting to see how they, how, they, how they come up with that yeah mm, interesting anyway the article is uh, on our website fightdisciples.com if you want to go and have a little bit of a nausea and the reason why I have written that article is because there's some free-to-wear boxing on the TV in America this weekend you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast Danny Garcia Keith Thurman Brooklyn, New York this weekend for the WBC WBA Welterweight Championship of the World. Um, Only uh, the third time that um, two undefeated welterweights have gone toe-to-toe to unify titles in the past. Can you remember the previous ones? All Oracle of Boxing Knowledge? Nope. Are you going to have a go? Come on. (laughs) You're not coming to my fucking pub quiz if you don't even have a go. Are we talking hands? Nope. Uh... Are we talking Sugar Ray? No. Do you want one? Yeah. Curry McCrory. Oh, right. Okay, was it? Do you remember that? Wow, yeah, of course I do. 85, I think that was. Wow. There's one a little bit more recent. Canelo? No. Do you want it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never put Nick in your pub quiz team, right? Because he just shits out. He only only plays when he knows, you know what I mean? He's not even made any effort on answering that question. It was Felix Trinidad, Oscar de la Hoya. Oh, right, fucking hell. There you go, unification, man, undefeated. Uh, So this is the only third time. So it's it's quite a historic, quite unique thing where two, especially two young lads in their prime, 20 years of age, they're knocking out kids for fun, heavy hands, they're putting it all on the line to unify the division. Somebody's always got to go. I love it when uh, uh, we have uh, the uh, precursor to a fight like that. Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman. And you'll be pleased to know that this, in America, if you listen to this in the States, this is free. It's not pay-per-view. I mean, it should be a pay-per-view fight. Traditionally, we are used to fights like this being a pay-per-view fight. It ain't a pay-per-view fight because Thurman championed free-to-wear boxing. He's got his way. Uh, Showtime Sports, who on CPS, have uh, said, right, OK, CBS, you can have it as a primetime thing Saturday night in the hope that they breathe a little bit of life into uh, the American 
boxing audience because we know that those numbers have been dwindling recently. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, do you know what? I think it could be a shrewd move as well because obviously we talk about it on a separate show, but UFC 209 is a pay-per-view this weekend on mm. the same night. Um, and that's a massive welterweight world title showdown as well. Uh, and the interim lightweight show on there is unbelievable. People have been gagging yep. for that for, for, for a bit exactly. of time now. So that's a massive, massive fight. you know. And as we know on this show, as hosts of the Fight Disciples, we know that there's a massive crossover from both UFC and, and boxing fans. So it's it's probably not a crazy shout because I think it's a good way of ensuring they get big numbers because people are going to watch that for free and then maybe watch the UFC thing a bit later on. So, As, as, as a thing, listen, I'm a massive supporter of it. Obviously, here in the UK, we, we praise when Barry McGuigan sticks stuff on Channel 5, you yeah. know what I mean? All those types of things we are massive fans on because the more broadcasters that are involved, then the better it is for audiences, the more choice, the more choice for fighters, the more choice for fans, all this type of stuff, yeah? And especially when it's free, it brings in that casual fan, makes them fall in love like we did in the 90s. Well, I did in the 90s, you obviously in the 70s, mate, when you... <laughs> But I fell in love with it in the 90s, you know what I mean? Watching Eubank on ITV, watching Naz on ITV, all these things. Yeah. Um, really falling in love with it, and then, you've got me then. Okay, you can have my dollar at a later date. I'm going to pay money to come to the fight. I'm going to pay money for a pay-per-view, a big pay-per-view. That's how we do it. This, like you say, it's a shrewd move. It's a good move. But at the moment, as an isolated incident, I see it only as a plaster of the crack. They've got to keep reinvesting. They've got to keep doing it and and not in a way, mug the audience off by putting on crap pay-per-views, for example. A lot of people are still stung in America by Mayweather Pacquiao being a snooze fest. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've got to keep reinvesting these CBS guys and, and what have you into fights like this. Because let's be honest, the casual fan in America won't know who Danny Garcia is or Keith Thurman is. It's only the no. hardcore fans that would know who they are. Yeah. So by all accounts, it's a fight of the year potential fight, this. And if it goes to plan and it's an absolute barnstormer, You've got to follow it up again by allowing someone like Canelo to fight mm-hmm. on free TV. You have to do that. Um, yeah, p- potentially. Obviously, Canelo is never going to fight on free TV, but I get what you mean. Um, I think what it does do is it's a great way of window putting these two in the shop window, letting them go at it. You're right; it's got whole, it's got uh, fight of the year written all over it. Both these guys are outstanding. You know, it's a, it's a flip a coin fight. It really is. Could go any way. Um, and I just think that if it lives up to the hype, if it lives up to potential, then the rematch is pay-per-view. The rematch is where you're making money because, you know... But do they do that? Should they do that? Should they go pay per Because the, the they, well, they're going to get big numbers for a, a, for a TV fight anyway. So if it's that good, they'd be crazy not to do the rematch on pay-per-view. From what point of view, there'd be so much money to be made. Because the fa- so many people that watch it, they'll watch the replays of it and go, well, that was amazing. Cannot wait to see the second fight. But longevity-wise... Like, okay, 50 bucks then. But, but longevity-wise, does that serve the purpose? But that doesn't work. That's not necessarily how this boxing model is working at the moment. I know, that's why they've got audiences dwindling, though. That's why people... What pay-per-view happens, numbers. Yeah, this is what happens on pay-per-view. If, you, if you're... Um, promising somebody something for a premium that doesn't live up to its expectation. First thing that you do is go and try and find the same products cheaper, so streaming, for example, yeah. therefore you're not getting rid of your dollar. And then when your stream's all fucked up and it's all bitty and what have you and it's does, you're not really getting a kick out of it because you watch it on your iPad or your phone or something, yeah. then you will look for um, an alternate product, i.e. the UFC. That's what's happening in, in the States. Yeah. They're getting their fight fixed by, by doing that. People are prepared to pay the money if the product is the bollocks. UFC's fight cards from, as we've said on our UFC show, which is available every Thursday morning via fightdisciples.com, 
we say that the first fight on that fight card could be just as entertaining as the last card because they match make correctly, they put as much emphasis on each individual fighter rather than the top of the bill getting the most money compared to the bottom of the bill. Mm -hmm. It seems a little bit more of a level playing field, a little bit more oomph and um, onus on the fighters to perform on the night, therefore entertain the fans. The UFC seems to be coming from an angle of the fans first. We need to entertain these people. Yep. This is what it is. Whereas it seems in the world of boxing, it's the fat cats, it's the TVs, it's the promoters. Well, we're first. We need to make our money first and this is how we're going to do it. Sap, sap, the fans will come. Well, the fans won't always come if you keep mugging them off. Yeah. Uh, the crazy thing is, I think that a lot of people would have paid for this fight though as well. I'd have, I'd have happily paid for Danny Garfield. That's why it's a good thing. Which is why it's great. Which is why it's great that's going on normal TV I get that but especially when you go AJ Molina was a bloody pay-per-view in this country yeah, and you compa- and you compare that you compare Thurman Garcia that's not pay-per-view in America you think yeah. yourself great you're going in the right direction keep Eubank, going in that Eubank direction Eubank Jr. as well Fucking that hell, was man. a pay-per-view yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly shocking um, so yeah but I understand that fighters get rich through pay-per-view and yeah, we yeah. want them to be um, obviously recompensed for their fantastic talents of course we do but it's like football it ain't nothing without fans. If fans ain't asked about watching it and you don't give them the opportunity to watch it, you're not going to be able to make any money anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I buy into I get what you're saying and I think you're right. In this in this case, it's a masterstroke putting it on CBS. Absolute masterstroke. If, but if it lives up potential, it, the next fight won't be on CBS. Mm. It will go to pay-per-view because as you talked about then, the fat cats, the promoters, the money men in boxing, they put themselves first and they'll think, right, give this a one away because the next one will be even bigger. And because they realise that this fight, while Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman may not be the most heavily followed or the most famous fighters in the US, putting them on CBS, letting them go to war, praying for a Mickey Ward, a Toro Gatti type scenario, yeah. which this could well be. 100%. Um, then the second fight is You've got two bang. and three. You've got there trilogies you go. yeah. lined up here because these boys would be brilliant. Go. And you go bang, there you go. You bang it on uh, pay-per-view. How do you think it's going to go? I've been going backwards and forwards about this fight f- since it was made, to be honest with you. You love I, uh, Thurman, though. You're, you're I'm a, a massive fan. Keith Thurman fan, yeah, so I'm going to stick to my roots. I'm going to okay. stick to my guns, and I'm going to stick with Thurman. Um, I'm going to go for Thurman on points. But I tell you what, as the weeks have progressed, I have flip-flopped a little bit, you know. The more I think about Garcia and his fighting style and the way he comes forward and stuff, I just think Thurman might be a bit, little bit made for him. But then I also think Garcia's made for Thurman, too, so... It's uh, it's going to be an absolute barnstormer. Yeah. And, you know, what a weekend. This could be. We've got an amazing weekend of fights coming up. Three absolutely colossal shows for Fight Disciples. And this could be the best fight of the lot. This no, could be I the think best fight across 30, 40 live fights we're going to see this weekend. Mm. I think it's 30 fights. This this could be the one. This I, could be I'm going to go the one. other way. And, and that's not and that's not purely just because you've gone Thurman. Yeah. I'm a Garcia. I, no, it isn't. It isn't. I'm I'm a Garcia fan. I genuinely am. Um because I think he he's kinda doesn't get the, the credit that he is due, mainly because his dad's a dickhead. Yeah. You know, and I think the kid's really talented. Um okay, his dad has helped him become as talented as he is. Of course he has, but his yeah. dad's just a bell end, as we saw at the original press conference. And he goes under the radar a little bit, Danny Garcia. And I think I, I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be a knockout in this fight, even though both of these men are extremely Come heavy-handed on. and they and they should be able to knock each other out. I just think there's too much heart, there's too much pride at stake. I think there might be knockdowns, 
But this is going the distance, and I think Danny Garcia will end up picking it because of what you just said there. You alluded to pressure, and he is that guy. He's constantly coming forward. He don't go. He's like a fucking shit that won't flush. Yeah. He just keeps coming, doesn't he? And um, but that will help Thurman, though. You know. Oh yeah, listen. I, I think Thurman probably got the edge in power, and both of these guys can bang. Don't get me wrong. We know that the record speaks as much, but. I think if he, I think if if Garcia just keeps pushing forward and forward, I think he'll become a little bit predictable for Thurman. Um, it's a great fight. It's an absolute great fight. I hope we don't get a stinker on the judges' scorecards. No chance. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. I think, for me, I think Thurman probably wins it by about three rounds. That's what I'm going for. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, we're not going to go too much into what's happening at the O2 Arena in London at the weekend, mainly because we've done another show on this, a show that's kind of specific to it. Um, Every Tuesday night in Liverpool, we have our own radio show uh, where we go through Merseyside-specific boxing. And seeing as that Tony Bellew and Derry Matthews are obviously from Merseyside, we've kind of um, allotted all the chat for Hey Bellew, Matthews O'Hara and the card in general on that show. Uh, Myself and Nick have teamed up with... uh, Adam Smith from uh, Sky Sports, head of boxing uh, for this week's show. It's available for you now. Go to uh, fightdisciples.com. It's there. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. You can listen to the show. So the full preview is there. But we are still going to talk about it on this show as well because obviously it's fucking massive. (laughs) (laughs) We can't just pretend it's not going on. Um, Hey, Bellew. Now, obviously, in the UK, we had the Gloves Are Off TV show. Um, I personally thought, and I know that I'm biased, so people will probably scream at the uh, podcast saying what you're fucking talking about. Uh, but I thought Tony Bellew came out on top of that. I thought articula- yeah. he articulated his arguments extremely well. Bellew yeah. just, uh, sorry, Hay just seemed to bumble quite a lot. And he doesn't seem, even though he's an incredibly brilliant athlete and he seems to be able to think very fast in the ring, he doesn't seem to be able to think very fast outside of the ring. He doesn't have. No academic intelligence if that makes sense I'm not saying that Tony does because he said here last week that he has no GCSEs but he just seems to be able to articulate his argument a whole lot better and I don't know whether that's because I'm northern and I resonate to his comedy a little bit more he just came across a whole lot better for me than David Hay on the gloves are off and then obviously maybe I've watched that as well with what I've seen on Soccer AM in the morning and thought to myself it's embarrassing it was embarrassing man it's embarrassing embarrassing for the sport and rightfully so the British Border Controller getting involved with it and saying what are you doing talking about hospitalising people? We've got all this um, stuff that's been going on recently with Blackwell and Troll and all these yeah, guys. Exactly. You know what I mean? We shouldn't be talking like that. David Hay should know better because he's been around the game for an awful long time and he knows how to... Well, this is the thing. I almost said that he knows how to sell fights. He doesn't. He's never been good at selling fights, ever. His talent sells fights and the fact that he looks the way he does and he mixes in celebrity circles and he brings A-listers to the table and to the ringside. That's what sells. Outside the ring... Um, you know, one on one, when you speak to David Hay, when you spend time with David Hay, he's just like an he's like a normal guy. I don't know him personally, but he's a normal guy. He doesn't seem to get you know he's quite cool, quite relaxed, quite chilled. But throughout his career, I'm not just talking about this belly with the gloves is off and the soccer AM absolute car crash. But even um, you know, think back to when he was with Klitschko and he refused to look Klitschko in the eye and refused to shake hands with him. And he, Klitschko was just being a dead nice fella. And he's just going, come on, David, shake hands. No, nope, I won't shake hands. No, nope, I'll, I'll touch gloves in the ring. It's like when the pre- when these press engagements start, when it, when it all comes to selling a fight, David Hay can't sell a fight. Same with Chisora. The only reason that's sold is because that's what a fence between them. Mm. Because the two of them are going for each other. Because again, David Hay 
he seems like he can't verbalise what he wants to say. He seems like he goes into these things blind. He seems to force it as well a little bit. And it's yeah. quite easy to read that it, he, he is forcing it. He's his not go being to, himself. His go-to is... I'm gonna smash you to bits. Like it's such, it's so predictable and so like childish in a lot of ways. Like mm. schoolyard bully. I am just gonna do that. I'm, like think about what you're gonna say. You know, think of that's what most that's how most successful talkers do. Or, or just be you, be natural. Just think, be honest. Mm. And that's what I think with Hey. I don't. Is he being honest or is he trying to convince himself he's gonna smash Tony Bellew to bits that he's gonna cave his skull in? Is that Hey trying to convince himself that he's got the ability to do that? Because that's not what we want to hear. That's not what boxing needs. That's not what professional sport in general. Nobody wants that. Mm. I mean, whatever happens on Saturday night, we both want David Hay and Tony Bellew to sh- to hug, shake hands, and walk away like gentlemen, healthy, you know, and healthy, one hundred percent healthy, and go home to their loved ones and whatever else, you know, and be safe. We want that for every fight that ever takes place. To to speak the way he has, for me, it's David Hay with his back against the wall. I think he's. I think he's. He's starting to panic now because I think it's starting to set in. And, you know, and this is not me. I know everyone knows I'm friends with Tony Bellew, and and people will be listening to this saying that you two are being biased here because yeah, yeah. Tony said some stuff in the past as uh, well. Uh, about- listen, I'm not talking about Tony Bellew. Tony, Be- listen, this week has just begun. You will hear far more coming out of Tony Bellew's mouth, anti David Hay, and this and that. You'll see, you'll hear far worse this week. But that's Tony. That's Tony Bomber Bellew. That's the character. That's the person. There is no character with David Hay. It's just Dave. That's just the way he is, you know. And I think right now it's starting to set in this week. Soccer AM was like so glaringly obvious that he is in a position and he's starting to think, wait a minute, there's a fight coming on Saturday, mm. a fight that I've got to win and I've got to win. He has no option. He has to win. If, he, can't, if he doesn't knock out Tony Bellew inside five rounds, then I think personally the fight could turn on its head. The fight could turn on its head regardless. But if he doesn't, even if he goes the distance and wins on points, people are still going to go finished. Where does he go from there? He's got to. Dest- he's got to back up what he's saying. He's got to destroy Tony Bellew within four rounds. He's got to do it convincingly to prove to the world that he's still got a position in heavyweight boxing. And if he doesn't win in four rounds by knockout, like he's saying he's going to do, he's finished. It's gone. It's finished. He hasn't fought anybody in five years. But the, the two guys he's fought even admitted on the gloves of off when T- Bellew said to him, "Would you hire them as sparring partners?" And he said, "No." Hmm. People paid tickets to see you fight them, people. People tuned in to Dave and watched you fight against two guys that you admit you wouldn't even hire as a sparring partner. He's fought nobody in five years. I get that. And okay, I have got an inch of, you know, some Tony Bellew biased in me. But I know what Tony Bellew is going to turn up on Saturday night. You know, everybody listening to this show knows what Tony Bellew is going to turn up on Saturday night. He'll be fit, he'll be strong, he'll be heavier than ever. So he'll be probably happier because he hasn't had to cut weight. And he's going to go in there and he's going to let his hands go. That's what he's going to do. And David Hay is going to have to knock him out cold to beat Tony Bellew. That's mm. a fact. He'll mm. just keep, get, he'll keep getting up because he's got that in him. He's got that no-quit attitude. David Hay has got to finish him in four or five rounds. He's got to. He's put all the pressure's on David Hay. It's in London. He sold it out in minutes and blah, blah. Everyone's there. Everyone's pay-per-view. It's all about David Hay proving, setting up a fight with Anthony Joshua or Klitschko winner. That's what this fight is all about. You can't lose to a cruiserweight and then say, well, you know, I've still got a career. I'll still One day I'll still prove myself. You're not. You're out. You're fighting a blown-up cruiserweight. If you don't knock him out in five rounds, you're finished. Mm. No, listen. It's, it's crazy, and I think that I the agree. cracks are beginning to show. I, I agree, and everything that you you've just said 
there's nothing more for me to say on it because you've just absolutely nailed everything that I think the majority of fight fans are, are thinking at this moment in time. I um I watched the Carl Thompson fight back yesterday. Yeah. Just to get because obviously Tony spoke about it last week and I was thinking to myself, I just need to refresh because it's 2004. It's a long time since I saw that fight. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it at the time and thinking Oof, that surprised me a little bit. Yeah. But I watched it from an angle of let's just watch David Hay and how he approaches this. Now, for those that haven't seen that fight in 2004 with Carl Thompson... At times, he looks magnificent. He hey. batters Carl Thompson. Absolutely. Absolutely batters him. He's rocking his head back. He's all over the place. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of Tony Bellew in Carl Thompson here mm-hmm. because he wouldn't go anywhere. He kept coming. The referee, I thought, maybe... I mean, if the referee stops that in round two, you're thinking to yourself, okay, nobody's going to argue. Nobody's going to turn around and say he shouldn't have stopped that fight. It was a premature ending because David Hay was all over Carl Thompson. But every now and again, Carl Thompson would just remind him, I'm here, mate, I'm in this fight and I can hit. Mm-hmm. And then, as you've said, panic does start to set in in his eyes at the end of three, going into four. You think to yourself, shit, I've not got rid of this guy. He's not going anywhere. He keeps coming forward. And then we all see what happens in round five. Carl Thompson puts it on him and then that's it. End of the fight. He stops him. You can, you can make an argument for that happening again this weekend. As you've said, at round four, if Tony Bell, you still stood there, and David has thrown everything he's got at him, and he ain't gone anywhere. He might have been on the deck a couple of times, but he hasn't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because David Hay won all four of those rounds leading up to that fifth round yeah, against yeah. Carl Thompson. Then we could genuinely say, I know people will be, again, you're Tony Bell, you bias on the show. Yeah, mate, all right, we admit we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can make an argument for that happening again. Yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Tony Bellew's got to get through the first four rounds. Of first, course, and, and the referee's got to allow him to do that. Yeah, and that's you know, and that is not going to be easy. There's a reason why the bookies have David Hay as a massive favourite for this fight because he is so much not taller or longer, but he's wider. You know, he's got a lot more. He's he's, he's, he's a proper. At, he's he's a been proper at this weight. Yeah, he's, he's been he, at this he's been a world champion as a heavyweight. So you've got to side with him. But you know, for me, it's all about David Hay. It's all about because I don't know what David Hay is going to turn up. Is David Hay, you know, from ten years ago, going to turn up where he's fast and strong and aggressive and hungry? Is that David Hay coming? If it is, fantastic for the heavyweight division because I'm telling you now, game on. David Hay is at his best. Wipes the floor with the heavyweight division. I know he. I know against Klitschko, he, he threw the towel in, and that's one thing that Tony Bell used feeding off. He got in with Klitschko, and let's face it, didn't have a go. Followed Klitschko round. Very, very poor performance against Klitschko. Like his bottle went. Didn't want it. Didn't want to take a chance. And that, at the moment, for me, is the sign-off on David Hayes' career. Mm. Is He talked the talk. He won the belt against an absolute freak of nature. That that big German, Russian, whatever he was. Valuev. Valuev. Who, when you, if you watch that fight back, Jesus Christ. It's horrible. The guy is... It, it's like someone inside a suit... Like in a good look Game of Thrones like that, yeah. giant suit. Yeah, it's like that war horse. Have you, you know seen, the, I mean? have you yeah. seen that theatre war horse thing? Exactly. And all these people inside the puppet. It's yeah. like someone inside a giant puppet. Like his footwork, he's just like lumbering round. And he's just leaping in, throwing shots on his chin. It's, it's like the worst heavyweight fight <laughs> in history. How the hell he won the world belt? Anyway, that's. If you look at who he beat when he was a heavyweight, you know. There's nobody there. There's nobody. The Nobody real test there. was Klitschko, and he didn't turn up. His yeah. bottle went. You know, and listen, if Hayes bang on on Saturday night, it, it, it could be painful. 
I genuinely think it could be very painful and abrupt for Tony Bellew because Hay can bang and he's so fast and he's so strong. But Tony Bellew knows how to fight. He loves to fight. Loves it. He loves fighting. Hay, from what we can gather from a guy who's only fought twice in the last five years, from a guy that was on Celebrity Jungle crying, saying he didn't want to be known as a boxer, you know, that's not someone that loves fighting. Mm. You know, he's in this... And he's got to prove a point. He's got to do a number on Tony Bellew. He's got to. Saturday night, David Hay has got to finish Tony Bellew in four rounds. And if he doesn't, not only would the whole country go, wait a minute, this guy's a cruiserweight. I thought you were the best heavyweight in the world. But that will be going on in David Hay's mind as well. Shit. He's still there. He's still there. I've hit him with good shots. And he's still coming. Because yeah. I tell you now, going into that fifth or maybe sixth round, if... If we can get there, if Tony Bellew can get there, wait until you see Bellew's face because he'll have a smile on his face that will t- tell you everything David Hay needs to know. And then the fight, for me, completely changes. Completely changes. We could have um, a quite an interesting night at the O2. And I, I said, we're not going OTT on it because we've got a special show on this. So make sure you go and uh, subscribe to our podcast, fightdisciples.com. Um, our Radio City talk show caters for all of this. We we team up with Adam Smith on this week's show, so go and check it out. But we could have a, a really weird night at the O2 because there's a lot of, as you said, Bucky's favourites for fights. But for me, um, the chief support in Sam Eggington versus Paulie Malinagi. The majority of fight fans listening to this, they know of both, of course, but the casual fight fan will probably know more about Paulie Malinagi with his history of fighting Ricky Hatton and all the like. Mm-hmm. This for a WBC international welterweight title. I'm going to tip Sam Eggington to stop him. I think Sam Eggington's going to knock Paulie Malinagi out at the weekend. Paulie Malinagi hasn't got a boatload of power. He he wins via unanimous decision a lot. Sam Eggington, can, we saw what he did with, get, uh, with Frankie, Frankie Gavin. Gavin. Absolutely unbelievable. He's a big, long, as you like to call it, leaky, uh, uh, lanky streak of piss type power. Yeah. He can seriously bang, and I genuinely believe this is the coming of age fight for Sam Eggington at the weekend. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, I actually think Eggington's going to win this fight as well. I think he's going to win it on points. Um, I like Malinaji. Oh, I love Mal- Malinaji. You know, Malinaji's had a great career, a great career. But you know, let let's call a spade a spade here. Like the great days of his career are behind him. Um, I don't I, think he's had a stoppage I think since the, 2003. For the win against Frankie Gavin is what is going to give him most. Um, into most confidence going into this one because yes, on paper Malinaj is a far better boxer technically, but then Frankie Gavin was a far better boxer yeah, absolutely on paper as well. But Eggington walked him down. He proved he wanted it more than and he can take shots. He's got a great chin and he's quite willing to take one to land one. Mm. And that's a problem when you're Paulie Malinaj. who's on his you know flying towards his fortieth birthday. You don't want a hungry, horrible young lion coming at you like Eggington's going to do at the weekend. Mm. You know, I know this is for the international belt, but for Sam Eggington, this fight against Malinaji might as well be a world title. This man. is this is the headliner of a pay per view in Las Vegas, world title, all the belts in the world. That's how Sam Eggington will approach this fight. Mm. He will he will literally put everything on the line to win this fight, and I think he's gonna he's gonna catch Malinaji at perfectly the right time. And, uh, yeah, I think Eggington's going to win it on points, and I think he's going to win it quite convincingly, too. Now, in that fight, whereas we are, are, are talking about the young, hungry lion coming through and doing a job on the older statesman, in the other fight, and again, you're going to shout at us for being biased towards the scouser, OK, Derry Matthews or Hara Davis. I haven't spoke to anybody 
that does not think Derry's going to do this, kid. I, on, I Honestly, I look at Derry in training. He's obviously a weight above for this particular fight. He looks immaculate, mate. He looks yeah. in unbelievable shape. The best shape that I've ever seen Derry in. Sometimes at this at this time, he looks a bit drawn as Derry. Yeah. He looks mint right now. Absolutely mint. And I think the whole boxing world wants him to put some manners on O'Hara Davis. Yeah, certainly British boxing. I think O'Hara Davis has, uh, has become... He's become a little bit of a caricature of himself. You know, people take him as a bit of a joke now um, because of the way he speaks about other fighters and everything else. And yeah, you know, the kid's got an undefeated record and you've got to respect that. 11 stoppages and 14 wins. He's not fought anybody. But against who? He's fought nobody. But, you know, I know what you're saying about, I think Derry is in terrific shape. It's a massive opportunity for Derry. Um, It's also tough for Derry. I think this is going to be a tough fight. I think Derry usually has a legion of fans everywhere he goes, but this fight was sold out before this fight was even made. Yeah, The night was sold out, so Derry ain't going to have home comforts. As soon as they read out, oh, Davis is from London and Derry's from Liverpool, straight away... All the fans are going to be all over, all over Derry. That won't bother Derry, man. It, it won't bother Derry. He's nails, but it'll lift O'Hara Davis, I think. And I think this is a, it's a tough fight for Derry. I think, you know, again, it's for me, it's down to O'Hara Davis because O'Hara Davis hasn't put a foot wrong. And an unbe- unbeaten fighter is a confident fighter. The problem is we've never seen him at this level. This is a jump up for him, mm. uh, similar to when Luke Campbell fought Derry as well. It's a jump up in class. How can he handle it? Luke Campbell handled it superbly and proved himself to be a, a future superstar. We'll see how O'Hara Davis handles it on Saturday night because for him, Derry Matthews is a massive jump up. But as I say, for me, I'm going to side with O'Hara Davis at the moment just because he's unbe- unbeaten and he's got a little bit of home, uh, you know, home comforts if you like. But uh, Derry will come to fight, man, like he always does. This is why my home city adores Derry Matthews, because the kid is never in a dull fight. So anything could happen there. Derry's going to take it to him, I'm sure. It's whether O'Hara Davis can handle being at this level. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. Um, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, you can do via our website, fightdisciples.com. Go there. All the episodes are up there. And if you uh, are an iTunes user, an iOS user, an Apple user, uh, you can click subscribe there and then you will always get content every single Wednesday morning, every single Thursday morning of us wittering on about various fights and maybe talking about us trying to blag ourselves a world tour. That's what we've been doing of late. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the people that have been tweeting us as well from far off fields. Exactly. Yeah, we've got sofas all over the world for us to stay on. Now all we need now is a sugar daddy to come along and pay for all the flights. And That's it. You know, Fight of the Disciples goes global. Well, with this Pacquiao Khan fight, we haven't got anybody in the Middle East as of yet. So if, yeah. any, if anybody's in uh, Abu Dhabi or anything like that, we can come out there. We can do the, we can do a bit, can't we? We'll do a show live from uh, the Beige Al Arab. Not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. You can join us um, all this week. It's going to be entertaining on our social media. So come and join us on there at Fight Disciples uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Come and join that uh, debate. Um, and as of next week, I've no doubt we'll have all the fallout. So probably one of the most exciting weekends of, uh, of fight sports, mainly because um, a couple of our mates are fighting this weekend. So hopefully we're going to be in a situation next week where they're in the studio and we're all getting lashed. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.